All right, welcome in. It is the NRL Supercoach Therapy Podcast. I am the therapist. Thought I would do a little bit of uh, positional analysis like everybody else's leading into Teamless Tuesday, less than a day away. So uh, there won't be a team reveal for me. Um, I don't really see the point, to be honest with you, with with uh, team lists uh, coming up uh, tomorrow. So it's more just an idea for you guys of what I'm thinking, uh, who I think the really good players are, the blokes who I think are definitely worth uh, having a crack at and the ones to avoid, perhaps. Um, and look, things will change uh, leading with Team List Tuesday, obviously. No one knows what the coaches are going to do there and who they're going to pick for sure. Plenty of speculation. I'm going to speculate as well uh, and just give you my uh, give you my thoughts on um, the best players, the best value in all the positions between the absolute guns, the middies, and the dirt cheek bags that we need to uh, stay under the salary cap for our teams. So without further ado, let's get into it after this. All right, guys, let's get stuck into the positional analysis. Let's start with Hooker. I've got 12 names down here. I think there's 12 blokes that you could legitimately play uh, at Hooker. Very, very open position. Um, you've got a really good sprinkling there of your guns, your middies, and um, oh, there's, a, there's a couple of cheapies there that are, that are worth the wee looksie. Uh, let's start with uh, the premium bloke, Harry Grant, 816 grand. Uh, you do have to pay up for him, but uh, he is absolute quality. Um, in a team that you, you know is going to perform well, uh, I saw him live last week and he just inserted himself into the game when he needed to. Uh, he, he can be a really hard bloke to tackle, old Harry Grant. Scores plenty of points. I think he might average uh, 78, I think, last year. Um, mixed bag for the first five games at the Eels, home to the Dogs, at the Titans, home to the Tigers, then at the Bunny. So a couple of tough games. Look, you can't go wrong with Harry Grant. I uh, can't begrudge anyone putting him in your team. You're going to have uh, a handful of uh, absolute guns in your squad, and there's no there's no reason why you wouldn't have Harry Grant amongst those. Set and forget at hooker, remembering he does play origin, big deal. He, he's just absolute quality. You don't have to worry about him at all uh, for the whole year. Uh, obviously, all of this is on the proviso that everyone stays fit, uh, and he's your man. Uh, reasonably well-owned, too, but for a bloody good reason. Damien Cook is the second most expensive hooker, uh, kind of flying under the radar a wee bit. The Bunnies do have a pretty tick, uh, tough start to the year at the Sharks, at the Panthers, at the Roosters, and then home games with the Seagulls and the Storm. So that's pretty much that's pretty that's pretty much top six, top seven teams there. So really good acid test there for the Bunnies. How much uh, free flying open play will they? Will they be able to create against that opposition? Um, remains to be seen. Uh, is a bit of a concern for Damian Cook at 790 grand. Look, he averaged 75 last year. The Bunnies were very, very good last year, and he's always in amongst it uh, in the middle of things. But I think at that price and with the opposition that they've got uh, to start the year, um, there's probably good. That's probably a good reason why he's been uh, very uh, hardly ever talked about uh, and very low ownership. Uh, for Damian Cook, but maybe maybe a pod. I mean, he's definitely going to be a pod, and he's a quality, quality player. 
Uh, Reese Robson, third on the list, 678K. Cowboys do have a very soft draw. They are home to the Raiders, away to the Broncos, home to the Cows and Titans, and away to the Dogs. So plenty of uh, plenty of good games there where the Cowboys could really run a muck. Reese Robson averaged 64 last year, had an excellent season. Uh, he's a good option as well. Um, he's not for me, uh, but I can see why people would run with him uh, if you didn't want to pay up for uh, for Harry Grant. Uh, Appy Coruscant next on the list. Uh, this is a bit of a funny old one here because Appy at a new team. Uh, how's it all going to go at the Tigers? Obviously, it's a downgrade from the Panthers at uh, the Devils number triple six. He's reasonably well priced. He averaged sixty three last year. Uh, do you think he might be a bit more involved on the with the attack? He had a lot to do with Penrith's attack. Uh, do you think he'll step it up a little bit more? Also, um, wearing the captain's armband at the Tigers. I actually don't mind this one. Very pottish. Uh, home to the Titans, home to the Knights, away to the Dogs, away to the Storm, and away to the Broncos. So not the worst start there for the Tigers and for Appy. I don't mind that at triple uh, at six. Uh, next up, we've got the Braley brothers. Uh, let's, start with, um, let's start with Blake, shall we? Uh, at the Sharks, very good team. Uh, they've, got a tough, uh, they've got a tough start there. Uh, home to uh, the Bunnies, away to the Eels, away to the Raiders, away to the Dragons, and home to the Warriors. So it does open up their rounds uh, four and five there against the Dragons and the Warriors. Braley averaged 59 last year. Just a just a really good solid hooker in a very, very good team. Um, also very pottish. I don't mind that one at all. Jaden Braley, his older brother, 607K at Newcastle. I don't know if the draw really matters that much for hookers when you think about it, especially workhorses like Braley. He's um, more than likely going to be an 80-minute player. Uh, they've got, uh, they're away to the Warriors, away to the Tigers, home to the Dolphins, uh, home to the Raiders, away to the Seagulls. Um, so it's a pretty soft draw for Jaden Braley, who was a real uh, a real grinder, uh, captain of the team. He's going to play lots of minutes. He averaged 58 last year. Um, I like the look of him at 607. Not a bad option there. Uh, for Jaden Braley. Next on the list is Reed Marnie, who has come across uh, one of the big recruits there for the Doggies. Uh, this one, you got to think he's going to be a bit more involved at the uh, with the Dogs' attack than what he was um, with the uh, with his mates there at Parramatta. Just a uh, might be a different style for Reed Marnie. He averaged fifty five last year. The year before, he averaged sixty eight, uh, and. Look, you would think he's get, he's an 80-minute hooker for sure. They are away to Manly, away to the Storm, home to the Tigers, away to the Warriors, home to the Cowboys. Um, I think he's going to have quite a bit to do with their attack. I think he's going to be an integral part of their side. I don't mind him either at 574. Again, Potish, look, a lot of people are going to be running with uh, a mixture of Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, uh, possibly Tanner Boyd. I think you know they seem to be the three most popular blokes, along with Ray Stone as well. I'll get to him shortly. But Reed Marnie, just um, a little bit potish. Another bloke who I think he can just, he's going to play 80 minutes. He's going to play every game, touch wood. And you can just, you don't, you can just sit and forget with him. Uh, he's just, I think, a quality player uh, and a little bit very annoying. I'm not a huge fan of him. Uh, but he is very, very um he is a very, very good player and a team on the up. Uh probably the most popular player 
of the hook as anyway. I think about 50% of super coaches own this bloke. It is Brandon Smith at 478. You really can't argue with that discounted price. Based on last year where he only averaged 45, uh, expect bigger minutes uh, at the Roosters rather than the kind of hybrid uh, lock slash front rower, maybe a little bit of dummy half row we had with the Storm. He's primarily going to be playing hooker at the Roosters. Uh, might get spelled a little bit um, uh, during the game. I still think he's going to play at least 60 minutes. He might even play a bit of lock if Victor Adley a breather and um, Turpin there on the bench possibly comes in, plays a bit of dummy half. Can't really argue with it. Uh, there's a good reason why 50% of super coaches uh, have gone with Brandon Smith in the preseason, uh, playing in a quality team, uh, and he is going to be in my side uh, come come round one. Can't really argue with that one too much. Uh, one bloke who I did want to have a good look at uh, earlier on until the games actually started, and he didn't actually look all that good, was Josh Hodgson coming back from um, serious knee issues there at a new club at Parramatta. Uh, look, he didn't look great. First game, he didn't look great. Second game, he played a bit better. Um, he is 385, so you're getting a discount on on a real quality player uh, who's a proven performer, but uh, he's getting on a little bit in age, um, and he does have the knee issues. Uh, how's that going to go? Parramatta traditionally in the past, uh, they haven't really relied on their hooker to do a hell of a lot of creative stuff. It's more about giving good, clean ball uh, to Moses and to Brown. So he's a pass for me, but at 385, I can understand why people uh, are going there. Uh, one of the most popular players uh, in the hooker position is Tanner Boyd at 384. I think the fact he is dual with halfback makes him very, very enticing. Um, sounds like he will be playing on, on the right edge, on Fafita's edge. I don't know if that matters too much. They look really good on foreign, foreign's edge there where you just putting Carl Pereira away. He's got a good ball runner in both for more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about Tanner Boyd. Um, hasn't really proven himself uh, in first grade. He's been a bit of a bits and pieces player for the Gold Coast. I'm just not. I'm just not convinced. I, the fact that he is playing uh, as a halfback, uh, he's got the dual positioning. If you have him there at hooker, I mean, you wouldn't want to put him there at halfback. If you got him there at hooker there, and something happens to one of your number sevens, and you can just uh, and then there's a, this awesome hooker that you, you've missed out on. Boom, you can just slot uh, slot him down into halfback and bring in that hooker. So there is that flexibility that he offers. Um, it's it's going to be a tough call. I don't know if I can go there. If you look at the Titans' uh, schedule to start, at the Tigers, at the Dragons, home to the Storm, uh, at the Cows, and then they've got the bye. So it's not it's not the most appealing draw. They are the Titans. So there's not that much appeal anyway. I'm not. I'm not. Still not convinced on David Fafita, to be honest with you. Um, so Tanner Boyd is a really tricky one uh, for me. Um, but he is very, very popular. The price is there. The jewel is there. So I can totally understand why people are going there. Uh, another bloke where people are going to is Ray Stone uh, at the Dolphins at two forty six. So he's cheap as chips. Um, Look, I could rattle off their draw. They're going to struggle all year. Um, but they do host the Roosters, then the Raiders. They're away to the Knights, home to the Bronx, and away to the Dragons. But 
Uh, I don't know if the draw matters too much. I think they're going to struggle regardless of who they play. Uh, Ray Stone, you think he's going to be a bench player. Uh, he does have the jewel with second row and hooker, so that may come in handy. But, geez, I'd really want to see him starting. Uh, I really think you need to try and have as many starters as possible uh, in your squad. So Ray Stone is a avoid for me. The last bloke on the hookers list here, and this bloke has been, um, there's a lot of speculation. Mid uh, preseason, there's always plenty of speculation. Everyone's just guessing, really. And no one's been guessing more about a bloke than Sonny Luke. Uh, Sangster, a couple of weeks ago, said he had good word. Sonny Luke's going to be playing a 50-minute role off the bench. Uh-huh. Okay. And then all of a sudden, it's just kind of become gospel. Uh, so I want, I kind of want to see it first. Uh, Two thirty-four, so he's pretty much bottom dollar. Um, Gus Gould did say uh, last week that uh, he really likes Sonny Luke. He's a very creative player, so you do hear a lot of that about him. We've just got—he's just sight unseen. We just haven't seen enough of him. Um, are Penrith going to do what uh, has been talked about with Kenny playing maybe the first twenty twenty-five, and then Sonny Luke playing the rest of the game? Kind of similar to what they did last year with uh, Kenny and Coruscant. If that's what they're going to do, I think Sonny Luke has to be in your side at 234-800. But what if that's not what they're going to do? What if they? What if you have him in there, game starts, it's Kenny doing his thing, and then maybe Sonny Luke comes on uh, for 10 minutes before halftime and maybe for 15 minutes after halftime, 25 minutes, maybe pumps out 22, 25 points. Um, you know, maybe 30 if you put someone through a gap, who knows? Oh, you, you kind of need more than that, you really do. At hooker, where you've only got the two spots there, uh, I think ideally you want to be playing both hookers in your starting 17. So it's a it's a real risk. The thing is, they do have the buy in week three, so you can wait and see with Sonny Luke if it's not if it if it you don't go with him and he plays 55 minutes or what 50 minutes or and pumps out a point a minute. 50, 50 points, 234 grand. That's unbelievable value, and you should get him. So you can wait until um, his price goes up and uh, and pick him up and go, you know what, I'm, I made a mistake there, and I'm, I'm going to grab him. So you can grab him there because he does have that buy in week three, so you can watch, wait, and see. Uh, or you can roll the dice in round one, get him in, hope that's what happens, uh, and he plays those decent minutes, uh, and then you don't have to worry about using a trade a couple of weeks later, you've got him and, and you're laughing. Uh, or he could be a 25 to 30 minute bench hooker and um, you might be stuck with him. He might not make a lot of cash uh, in the short term and you're stuck with the bloke. So um, yeah, plenty to think about there. Uh, I think the best options are uh, a mixture of Grant, uh, Smith uh, and Luke. Um, if you want to roll the dice with Luke, um, rock solid. If you just want to be uh, rock solid, you go with Grant and Smith, and I don't think you can go wrong there in the hooker position. All right, team, uh, let's go into the front rowers now, and this is another position I think is really uh, wide open. Uh, popular consensus is to go cheap in the front row uh, and try and um, and spend your money elsewhere. I totally get that. Uh, there's you know the there's not a big difference between um, your absolute premium guys maybe pumping out 80s and uh, your mid-rangers who can pump out 60s in that position. Uh, so I get that. And also the fact that the draw doesn't really matter too much. Front rowers tend to get their points regardless of the opposition. Uh, so 
um, plenty of hit-ups and plenty of tackles doing their thing and the tough stuff in the middle of the field. So, uh, look, it's one of those positions where, look, I've decided I'm my four front rowers all have to be starting. I'm, I've been burnt too many times by uh, going cheap with uh, a couple of bench front rowers, and they just sit there and don't do anything for your team. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're pumping out 30s and 35s and just not making any, or making very slow, slow, small amounts of cash. And uh, you're just trying to get rid of them and they're just, they're, they're just an albatross around your neck and you can't, you can't do anything with them. Sometimes you're forced to have to play them. Could be the case this year, well and truly, with the, with the 17 teams and the buys. And you're going to be stuck playing one of your bench props who was a bench prop in the game. Uh, and uh, you're you're stuck with their 33 points um, from their um, 30 minutes on the field, and you know that can really hurt you. Uh, so this year I'm going to be playing starting front rowers. That's the plan anyway. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Let's have a look. There are plenty of good options here. Tino Faasu Malawi at 704. He's dual. Uh, he's an absolute stud at the Gold Coast. I really like him. Uh, I think he is going to be in the middle of all their work. Uh, let's see what he does um, uh, with the offload. Uh, such a strong tackle buster as well, which a lot of these blokes are. And that's the upside you're looking for with front rowers. Uh, I remember last year, they kept talking about Tarpany and he's averaging X amount and only with one attacking stat or whatever. Don't think about attacking stats for front rowers. They're front rowers. It's not their job to get attacking stats. If they jag a line break and a try, then that's just... That's just absolute jammy luck for you if you own that bloke. Don't even think about that kind of stuff. Uh, the upside for them is the tackle bus and the offloads. Uh, and that's where these premium guys have it over the others. The uh, fellas like Tino, uh, Tarpany, also Jewel, a little bit cheaper at six ninety nine. Uh, never owned him last year, and holy shit, he was awesome. And I expect the same kind of deal this year. Uh, very good chance he is going to be in my side come round one. The fact that he's dual just really helps as well, especially if you can find another uh, dual front row, second row bloke, uh, and you can intertwine between the two of them uh, as you like throughout the year uh, is real gold for you. Uh, David Clem is a bloke who is going to be really interesting at a new club. Uh, what's the mandate going to be there at the Tigers? Is it going to be open, free-flowing, keep the ball alive? If that's the case and the offload is on, and Clemmer is a very, very good exponent of that. At 672K, very, very low ownership. Uh, average 63 last year. I know he played in a different team. I expect the offload license to be uh, well and truly uh, uh, green-lighted for him. And uh, if that's the case, uh, he'll be pumping out 70s easy uh, at the Tigers. They've got more depth in the middle there, but I think he's still going to be a big part of what they do and still play really good minutes at the Tigers. And then, like I said, if he's allowed to offload, then look out. And I think people will be scrambling to get him at the moment, only 2% ownership. Uh, Payne Haas, uh, the former king of the front row, he's dropped down the pecking order a little bit, still at 20%, and it's 662K. I still think he's an excellent buy. Uh, probably still the quality uh, front rower of the comp, maybe along with uh, Joseph Tarpany. Um I don't see any reason why you wouldn't have Payne Haas on your side. Uh, you know, you're paying for him, but you know what you're going to get from the bloke. Uh, in that second trial against the Cowboys, he scored 45, I think, in the first half. Uh, and he was just a machine. He didn't even look puffed. Uh, just a quality player. Uh, Tohu Harris, 
at 7% ownership and 640k. You've got that dual front row, second row. He's going to be integral to the Warriors. Uh, absolute workhorse and a creative player. Uh, so I don't mind Tohu Harris or Ruben Cotter at 623. Uh, the breakout year last year, Ruben Cotter um, ended up playing for Queensland and going away on World Cup as well. Uh, just absolutely brained it at the Cowboys. Real workhorse. Um, I don't know about if the minutes will change. I don't. I, he played good minutes. I don't know if they're going to increase all that much this year. I expect probably the same kind of output. output what do you average? A bit tick under 60. Uh, I still expect really good output. He's 23% owned. He's a popular player. Uh, he's a really fun player to watch. I uh, don't mind him. James Fisher-Harris, uh, maybe not at 568. I think you can do a little bit better than him, to be fair. Um, Adam Fanua Blake at 550 hasn't been talked about. Hardly owned at all. Uh, I think they're really going to rely on him at, at the Warriors. I know that they've um, recruited well, and they do have a pretty strong forward pack. I still think he's going to be uh, a big-minute player uh, at the Warriors. He uh, he is prone to an injury, though. That is a little bit of a concern. But don't sleep on Adam Fanua Blake at 550. Uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona at 546. Uh, I think he's out of necessity. He has to play in the middle. They've just they've just been decimated there. The Storms. So you know he was playing a little bit of edge last year. He actually played a bit of edge in the trial game against the Warriors last week and scored a try. Um, so he might go out there for a little bit of rest and relaxation uh, during games. Um, maybe not a bad option either. Playing for a contract. Uh, that could go a couple of different ways uh, on the field for him. So he's he's a bit of a watch there. Um, I don't mind Mitchell Barnett. Uh, Jewel, 5.36. Uh, looks like he is going to be playing front row um, at the Warriors. I don't mind that one too much for something a wee bit different. Uh, Jake Trebojevic at 5.28. He is Jewel. Let's see if his role changes uh, at Manly. I don't mind him either if he... Uh, if uh, they stop playing that link role where he's the catch and pass fella and he actually takes a few more hit-ups, we know he's very creative. He's got really good ball skills. I don't mind that one at all. Luke Thompson, another bloke. He is dual as well at 5'12". With uh, Pangai Jr. out for about a month or so, I think Thompson's going to play pretty strong minutes there at the Bulldogs, whether it be at front row or at lock forward. His role won't change too much. Uh, I don't mind that at 512K. Um, what else we got here in the front row? There's Tom Gilbert, whose popular popularity has plummeted. Uh, again, he's dual. Uh, 494, playing for the Dolphins. He's a, he's a workman-like uh, player. Um, I just oh, I just don't know about the Dolphins. How much ball are they actually going to have? How much possession? Is he just going to be tackling the whole time and spending a lot of time um, in the end goal watching the opposition kick a kick uh, conversions? So I'm, I'm steering clear of any Dolphins, uh, to be fair. Uh, Christian Welsh, very, very popular. Quarter of super coaches own him at 464. Captain of the Storm, I totally get that. He is in my team. I think he's going to play big minutes. He does have an offload in him, and he was throwing it in the preseason. So I do like that. Uh, other blokes, Bunty R4 is Jewel, which piques my interest. He looked really good that first trial against the Tigers where all the Warriors look really good. Uh, he shone out. He looked fantastic. Uh, played very, very limited minutes in the second game, so I don't know if he's carrying a wee injury there. Possibly going to be um, a bench uh, a bench front rower there for the Warriors. So uh, like I said uh, earlier, that's that that mean, that's a no for me. 
when it comes to that. Emre Gula at 3.42. I think if he's a star, if he's starting at the Raiders, uh, there was talk about him playing at lock, whether he's at lock or front row and whatever they do with Tarpany. I, I just don't think the role's going to change. Um, and if Gula is starting for the Raiders, he's probably going to be in my team uh, at 3.42. I think that uh, is excellent value. Uh, and I like that one a lot. Um, Stefano Uatukamanu, uh, 319, very, very popular. I've always been, I've always antipoded the bloke. Uh, last year, he was the, um, I think it was last year, he was the talk of the preseason town, uh, and he totally sucked. I think he was mid-400s, and he sucked. Um, this year, at 319, if he is starting, then you, I think you have to have him in there for sure. Very, very popular, 38% ownership. Uh, if we scroll down a little bit further, Sean Kepi, uh, if he gets a start, I think um, I think you'd be silly not to go with him. Uh, if he is starting, he is dual, and he is 274K. Um, don't worry that they've got the buy in week two. I don't think that matters. You should have enough coverage there to worry about, not have to worry about that. Uh, he's a really good option at 274 uh, and only if he's starting, though. If he's on the bench, I'm I'm not convinced. Uh, Jeremomasia is a chance with uh, Parramatta's injuries there in the forward pack at 234. He is also dual. Uh, another very, very popular player, Davi Mawali uh, at the Rabbitohs. I just think he's going to be on the bench, so he's a no for me. Uh, at 234, he's very cheap. I think he, he might be a very popular player at 18% ownership just because you just need to find a cheapie in the front row i totally get that if you're running with three of your four front rowers who are starters uh then it's i don't reckon that's that much of a big deal to have a bench prop like davi mawali who we are expecting to have a bigger workload this year as your fourth prop i don't mind that at all franklin pale at 216 quarter of super coaches own him uh, i can't see him being in the 17 i think the dogs have got a pretty strong squad i don't see how he's going to break into that 17 and then when TPJ comes back, uh, he's absolutely no chance. So that's a no from me. Viliami Fafida, I've absolutely butchered that name. He's 200K. He's dual. He's 17% owned at Manly. Uh, I think that's purely a case of uh, just putting a cheapie in there and hoping he gets a little bit of game time. Might make a little bit of cash um, over a wee while there. Uh, and if he's just your nuffy, but I just don't, I just don't think you need, you should have nuffies this year uh, with the buys. Uh, I think you need full coverage across across your squad. All right, we'll take a break while I uh, figure out my speech impediment. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, we're back and we're into the second rowers, and this is a fascinating uh, position here. We have got so many options. Uh, traditionally, in the past. Maybe a couple of years ago, it was kind of one of those spots where you really went for um, for premium players, uh, and things kind of changed a wee bit, especially 2021 when the rules uh, changed and the game opened right up, and it was more about loading up in your um, your centre wings and also making sure you had two premium fullbacks. And the second row was kind of uh, where you could fill in with a few mid ranges and a few cheapies and things like that. Um, this year could be the case. I think there are plenty of good cheapy options and some good mid-ranges too. And uh, again, coverage is going to be so important for the buys. And I think guys, the mid-ranges who are, even if they're pumping out 50s, uh, you know, that could be so important to you. I don't 
think you necessarily need to have three blokes who um, you're going to be disappointed if they don't score 70 plus every week. Uh, I don't think there's a problem with having one or two blokes who pump out um, good, honest 55s for you every week. And there's plenty of candidates in this position. Let's have a look. Isaiah Papali'i is the uh, highest priced bloke at 831. Uh, he's at the Tigers. I just I just want to wait and see. I know last year a lot of people waited to see if the 2021 was a fluke and it wasn't. And he was just as good last year. He was a jewel last year. This year he's just second row, so you can't just pop him in at front row and um, sit and forget. And he's only 6% owned. I just want to wait and see. If the Tigers are playing uh, an NBA All-Star game style of footy, then you might have to bite the bullet and bring him in because he's a tough hombre. Uh, he will be bumping off tackles left, right, and center. If he's looking to keep the ball alive with the offload, then maybe you just have to uh, bite the bullet and bring the fella in at 8.31. Uh, Cam Murray, uh, one of my favorite players in the comp, uh, absolute quality. He is 749K, 32% owned at the moment. Uh, I can understand why. Dude is just, dude is a freak of a player. Uh, absolutely fantastic player. Uh, the tough draw might uh, might impact him a little bit, probably not with minutes, uh, but it may impact in terms of you know how many you know how many uh, how many breaks, how many how many uh, tackle breaks and line breaks and tries. Even though he's a very good try scorer, how much attack is he really going to get against quality opposition? It's a tough one because Souths are. So good with ball in hand that they can break open any team. They really can. Uh, and, you know, you know Murray's going to be in amongst that in the middle there. One of those plays against the Dragons was really slick, just the in, in and out play uh, between him and Cook. It's, it's, it's really good to watch, and I can understand why 32% of owners have gone with Murray, uh, having a premium second row there that you know should score well for you every single week. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, lots of quality players who are unavailable at the moment. The likes of uh, Angus Crichton, and we hope uh, we hope comes back um, uh, fit and healthy, uh, and just takes his time, does what he needs to do, and gets back on the field. Uh, he's unavailable. Uh, Ryan Madison is unavailable for a completely different reason. Um, unbelievable the fact that he's not playing the first three weeks, and the fact that he's Parramatta makes it even funnier. Uh, Sean Lane as well is unavailable with the broken jaw. Not quite as funny. Um, so let's have a look here. I say a yo. You can't go wrong with him. 693. Uh, he has a lot to do with uh, all the good stuff that Penrith have done over the last few years. And I do like him as well at 693. Only 8% ownership, which uh, is interesting. David Fafita, very polarizing figure. 20% uh, ownership. 689K. I'm just not convinced. I have had him in my team for a lot of the preseason, but I just don't know. If you, I just don't know. He's just one of those blokes where he is so frustrating to watch uh, as an owner. Um, and, you know, he can just rip, rip a game apart, but he just doesn't do it enough. And uh, I'm just not convinced. And I, I kind of think with if I'm not going to run with uh, Tanner Boyd, then I'm not going to run with Fafida. Whereas I think if you're running with Boyd, you should run with a feeder. They have the two of them going together. Uh, at 689, I'm just I'm just not convinced. I need to see it. I need to see consistent, sustained, really good performances from Fafita. 
Uh, and then if that's the case, it's awesome. Uh, you bring them in and you enjoy it and it's fun to watch, uh, even just as a neutral. Um, maybe not, if you're not an owner, um, then it's not fun to watch. You can just find a way, bring them in. So I'm not convinced yet with Fafita. His teammate on the other edge, Bo for more, he looks good, man. Um, and I might have been completely wrong on my take uh, with, um, and I've completely lost his name, uh, Kieran Foran. Uh, I might have got that completely wrong, and he might, him, those two together might be absolute dynamite for more at 688. Kick out at 686. Uh, only 7% ownership, new team, all the rest of it. I think he's going to have a lot more ball in hand at the dogs than what he actually did at Penrith. Um, they had a, Penrith had a lot more options. The dogs don't have as many options in attack. I think they will rely on for, on kick out. And at 686, I don't mind that. And he is a pod. Olakawatu is also a pod at only 4%. 682 for Manly. Do have the week two buy. Uh, does that worry you too much? I don't think it should worry you too much. Uh, he is a quality player. Speaking of which, Jeremiah Nanai, 659, 12% ownership. This dude is the real deal. Resigned at the Cowboys. He should be settled. He should be happy. I think the trajectory is just going to keep going up and up. I really like this option. And with the very, very soft draw that the Cowboys had to start the year. Uh, and Nanai just always seems to be around all the good stuff. He plucks everything out of the air. Really good silky uh, skills with ball in hand as well. Um, if he he may need to improve. He's just his line running just a wee bit. If he can get that, uh, if he can get that sussed, then the sky's the limit for him. And at twelve percent ownership, he is still a pod. Paddy Carrigan, 654, 20% ownership at the Broncos. One of my favorite players. Uh, I'm very tempted to bring him in more through heart than head. Uh, but um, huge workload. Uh, doesn't mind making his tackles. Doesn't mind taking the runs, and he's got an offload in him as well. I can understand the popularity there. Um, oh, John Bateman at 622, sight unseen. Steer clear, see how he goes. I'm guessing he's probably going to come off the bench for week one. He's only just been in the country a week. Uh, give him a chance, see how he goes. He's pretty expensive. Uh, Jason Tamalolo, pretty forgotten. Forgotten um, king of Supercoach at 607. I don't mind that too much. Uh, Nat Butcher at 580, playing on an edge for the Roosters uh, at 5% ownership. I think I like his brother a little bit more, uh, who we'll get to soon. Adam Elliott at 564, playing lock forward, you would expect, for Newcastle. I like that one. He is a workhorse, uh, and he's got plenty of attack in his game. But he's playing for Newcastle, and I'm not expecting great things for them. Even though they do have a pretty soft start to the year, uh, maybe he's an option at 5.64. As we scroll down, let's have a look here. Uh, we've talked about a few of the dual guys. Again, if you've got a uh, front row, second row dual sitting in your front row position, um, always handy to have another one of those blokes sitting in your second row. Um, and whether that be a guy like a Jake Travoyevich or if you're getting a, you know, a cheaper bloke or even a Nufty, which I, I don't recommend, but if you've got a if you've got a jewel sitting in the front row, makes sense to find a jewel to sit in the second row. Uh, and a lot of those blokes I've already spoken about uh, in the front row segment. Teague Wilton at four ninety three, very very popular. Um, I'm a little concerned about minutes. Wade Graham is, has been named co captain, uh, and you think Wade Graham will be spending time, um, possibly off the bench, 
But he will he spend time? Will he come on and will he relieve Teague Wilton in the second row, or will he play in the middle? That's a really interesting one there because Teague Wilton's playing in a gun team, uh, and he knows how to score a try. He's a really good uh, line runner. Um, at the moment, he is in my side. Uh, I just I think the Sharks are going to go well, even with the Nico news. Uh, I still think uh, Teague Wilton will go well. Egan Butcher at 482. If he gets named, uh, I think he is a very, very solid option for the Roosters, uh, playing amongst quality players. Uh, and he is a real workhorse himself. Only 3% ownership. I suspect if he gets named on Tuesday afternoon, that will uh, go up around the 10 to 15% ownership because he is a quality player. If we look a little bit further down here at some of the other options, Zach Hosking, is he going to get a start or is it going to be Luke Garner? Maybe uh, depending on what happens uh, and depending on the bench set up there for Penrith, either Garner or Hosking uh, is worth is definitely worth a look at. As one of those mid-rangers there that I think you can happily play in your 17 if you need to, especially with plenty of cheap second rowers um, floating around. Jack Murchie is another one if he gets a start there at Parramatta at 432k. Kalmatua Lungi at 426. I don't mind this. Again, another manly player, but I do not mind that. He is only 4% owned. Murata Nuakore at 419. I think he is going to play very, very big minutes for the Warriors. Uh, and at 419, I mean, I can see him pumping out 50s every week. And you, you know, you take that at 419. I reckon that's a good, that's good output there. Aliasa Katoa at 411 at the Storm. 16% ownership. Again, another good mid-ranger worth having a having a look at. Um, will he play 80? What's his what's his uh, work rate going to be like? Uh, he can be a little bit rocks and diamonds and rely a bit too much on the attack, which you expect he would get. He would get plenty of good uh, uh, good holes to run through when he's got Munster and Hughes and Grant in his sights. You can you can understand the appeal there for Aliasa Katoa. Let's have a look at some of the cheapies. Liero, oh, I just don't know about him. I want to see him a little, see a little bit more of him, uh, to be honest with you, at the Storm. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood, uh, 51% ownership. I'm surprised there's not more. Uh, looks like this bloke has got locked lock forward um, position all sewn up at Parramatta there. Uh, and from what we saw in the All-Star game and the preseason game he played for Para. Uh, he just looks fantastic. Uh, at 298, you can't go wrong. And I'm, he should be, I would have thought, the most popular player in Supercoach. I think you can easily play him. Uh, if you've got a bloke under 300 grand who you can confidently play in your 17 every week, uh, then that's just that's just beautiful stuff. And he should be in everyone's team. I would have thought. Uh, Jackson Ford at 281, if he gets a starting gig for the Warriors, I think he is worth bringing into your side. As is Sean Kepi at 274, the jewel. I did talk about him earlier. The fact that he's jewel, if he's starting for Manly, uh, he'll be in my team for sure. Uh, other cheapies to have a look at. Uh, oh, funny here. Josh Schuster. Uh, I'm going to talk about him maybe in the 5.8s. The fact that he is second row. The calf injury is a big concern. Still 46% owned. Is that uh, a mixture of people that um, don't realize he's injured or and a bunch that are thinking, yep, that's cool. We'll hold on to him. Hopefully he's back in round three. We only miss one game uh, and we don't have to worry about trading him in. So that's an interesting call what to do there with Schuster because uh, he would have been in everyone's team uh, prior to the injury. Do you stick with him uh, or do you bring him in a little bit later? Uh, for me, 
At this stage, I am going to see how he goes. Uh, and then if he's going all right, uh, I will bring him in a little bit later. Carp's a funny one, especially on big fellas like him. So I just want to wait and see. Uh, Trey Mooney is a cheapie at the Raiders. Again, I, I want to see him starting. He could be an option. He's only 234k. If he's on the bench, uh, he is an option. And there are a bunch of blokes in this same boat. The likes of Matt Dury at Parramatta, if he is starting, I think you've got to get him at 234k. Ben Murdoch Masilla playing for the Dragons. He is dual, front row, second row. Uh, they got the week one bye. I don't know about Murdoch Masilla. Uh, I think there are better options there. You've got Sean Bloor, popular, uh, cheapy, uh, seems like every single year. 11% ownership, 234. I think he, if he starts, it's possibly only for a week so Bateman can get um, some case uh, under his legs there. So he'd be in a void for me, Sean Bloor. Uh, Jacob Preston, bit of a smoky at the dogs that he is going to get a starting gig. If he is, bring him in at 200k. You cannot go wrong. Only 10% ownership at this stage. He is a wait and see for Tuesday. Uh, Jack Howarth, still 23% owned. I don't think Jack Howarth is going to be playing first grade for a while yet. Um, signed him on a five-year deal, but uh, you know he just hasn't progressed the way the Storm had hoped, and he is an avoid. Uh, as we scroll down towards the end here, uh, Sua Wong at the Roosters, 10% ownership. Speculation he might be getting a starting edge role. Uh, I would have thought it's going to go to Egan Butcher. Um, I don't know why they would go with Wong. Wong might get a bench spot, and if that's the case, at 200k, I can understand him uh, just sitting there on your bench in your second row and just letting him do his thing and slowly uh, build up some cash uh, and can free up uh, some spending money elsewhere in your squad. Uh, that's a bit of a breakdown on the second rowers there for you. Quite a bit to uh, dissect and chew through. Um, I think in the second row, you can afford to maybe not go with absolute premiums. Uh, I think you can afford to go with one, uh, maybe three middies and a couple of cheapies. Uh, I'm actually tempted to go with just middies and cheapies and spend my money elsewhere. That's just me because uh, I'm not 100% convinced on any of the real premium guns in that position. We'll be back in a minute. All right, let's have a look at the all-important halfbacks. Uh, I reckon there's only possibly seven or eight options available here that are, that you should be looking at. Um, maybe a couple more. Look, Nico Hines, huge news that he is possibly out for a couple of weeks with a uh, lower leg injury. I think it's a calf. Uh, but then there's there's word today that he may that he may be named. Uh, and they're going to give him every chance to play. I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy for them to even risk the guy. He's the difference between them uh, being a top four team or missing the eight altogether, I believe. Reigning M medal winner. If he's not 100, don't play the bloke. Far out. I can't believe that they're, um, that they're thinking about playing him if he's, if he's, if he's not even close to 100. Uh, just put the guy on ice, have him ready to rock and roll when he's completely fit because uh, they desperately need him. Uh, let's assume he's playing at 900 grand, 902. He is pricey, but he showed us uh, in the trials that he is worth it. Uh, two excellent games, the All-Star Indigenous game, and uh, then the trial against the Dogs. Uh, just reminded us what an absolute class player he is. And um, it's really thrown a cat amongst the pigeons about whether you went with him uh, before the injury news. Uh, now with that scare coming through, 
uh, you know, do you just do you just wait and see on old Nico? I believe he has the buy in round six, I think it is. So you got five weeks of them. They do, uh, they do have the bunnies, eels, raiders, dragons, and warriors there. So some nice juicy matchups there. Uh, and here's quality. Look, it'll be interesting because teams will be uh, guys will be putting their teams together now. And uh, without Nico, assuming he's not playing, then he gets named um, to play round one, kills it in round one with low ownership, and those that have him are flying, and those that don't are scrambling. And he's going to be pretty hard to bring into your side. Crowbar him in at 900 grand. Very interesting. Nathan Cleary, second on the list, 53% ownership. Uh, look, best player in the comp for mine. And um, I just think you have to have him. I wouldn't worry too much about the St. Helens game. Uh, the whole team was off. Uh, he still scored pretty well, super coach wise, even though it was absolutely pissing down and there wasn't much doing for Penrith in that game. Uh, I just think you have to have him at 841. Um, don't think too hard about that one. Uh, Mitchell Moses is an interesting one. Uh, definitely a pod, 5% ownership, 738K, playing for a good team. Uh, that one. Yeah, that one really interests me, Mitchell Moses, because he's the kind of bloke that, uh, I mean, he hasn't been a huge super coach option in the past. He's burnt he's burnt plenty of people in the past. So, yeah, he, he's one that might, uh, that some people might get fooled into. Look, what, he averaged 70 last year. He actually had a pretty good year last year. Mate, got them to the grand final and all that. Um, I don't mind. They do have a pretty tough draw. Uh, do Parramatta. They've got uh, their home to the Storm, home with the Sharks, away to the Seagulls, home to the Panthers, and away to the Roosters. So a very, very tough uh, draw. It does open up after that, uh, but a tough start to the year for Mitchell Moses. At 7.38, I think there's better options. Uh, Jerome Hughes at 7.21, uh, another quality half that uh, has been a, um, a top-class performer in the past. Uh, can you start with him? I'm not too sure about that. Uh, he's not a goal kicker, but he has so much else in his game. He had a really good year last year, averaging 69. Melbourne have the Eels, Dogs, Titans, Tigers, and Bunnies. There's three juicy games uh, sandwiched inside the Eels and Bunnies games to start the year. Um, geez, you could do worse than um, you could do worse than Jerome Hughes at 7.21, uh, 4% ownership. Daily Cherry Evans, he's half the ownership, 2%. 693, uh, they do have that week two buy. I'm, I just don't know about Cherry Evans. Um, been a, you know, he had a dynamite year along with a lot of other Manly players in 21. Uh, and how did he go last year? Um, he still had a pretty good year from memory. Let's have a wee nosy. How did he go? Yeah, he averaged 66, So, but he's yeah he's 693K. I just think there are some better options than him. Uh, Sam Walker, I think, is a really good option. Um, subject to fitness, there's a bit of an injury cloud there for him, but I'm expecting a big year for Sam Walker. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, more involved, take a bit more control of the side this year. Uh, averaged 59 last year. Um, he's got big scores in him. He's, he's tunned up. He's, uh, but he does have some lower scores in them as well. And there is a lot of creativity in that team. It doesn't necessarily all have to come off the back of their number seven. 
So that is a bit of a concern, but they will be scoring plenty of points, you would have thought, with the firepower, and someone's going to kick the goals, uh, and he's a much improved goal kicker. And at 6.23, Dolphins and Warriors to open up before the Bunnies, then the week four bye, and then Parramatta. Uh, so, you know, a couple of nice, juicy games to start off, and I think a lot of people, I think that's why Teddy is so popular as well. Uh, just that really nice, soft draw. Traditionally, the Roosters aren't a great... Um, they don't get out of the gates uh, very well. Remember last year in round one, huge favourites against Newcastle, the SCG. Newcastle gave him a toweling. Uh, so we'll wait and see how that plays out. But I think Sam Walker is a really good option for you uh, at a heavily discounted price from your two real standout guns in uh, Hines and Cleary. A couple of other options there. There's Jackson Hastings, who I don't hate. If he's kicking goals, then... He's a possibility, I guess. Uh, I just don't think Newcastle's going to go all that well this year. Um, so, yeah, he is dual as well, which, which you know, does help. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. They've got, they do have a soft draw. Warriors, Tigers, Dolphins, Raiders, Seagulls. So they do have a pretty soft draw. I think there are better options, but he is 5% owned. And at 546, he's reasonably affordable. Um, look, Tanner Boyd, we talked about in the hooker role, 26% ownership. I think that one does make sense. Uh, and the last guy I want to talk about here in the halves, Isaiah Katoa, 35% ownership. The word around the campfire is he is going to be named to start for the Dolphins in round one in place of Milford. I just can't do it. I just can't do it with him. I just, he's a rookie playing in probably the weakest team in the comp. I just can't see a lot of points there. I know he's cheap, uh, but I really think you need in your halves, I think you need four guns in your halves, four guys scoring you premium points, uh, and I think you can find cheap players in other positions elsewhere, so it's a no for me for Isaiah Kartor. Let's go in and have a look at the 5.8s. Plenty of good players here, and things have opened up a wee bit. with a, with another uh, juicy option, which I'll talk about shortly. Cam Munster at 848, far out, very expensive, 14% ownership, uh, absolute quality Cam Munster, but I just I just don't know if I want to pay top dollar at this stage. Uh, I'm still a little bit unsure about how the Storm are going to go. Uh, I know Munster can create from nothing. He doesn't necessarily need to have a gun fullback uh, helping him out. Um, and you know, look, averaged 81 last year. He's such a good player. Um, if, if he can keep that form going, people might just pay up and get him. I do get that. Um, maybe not for me. The one I am eyeing up uh, is Dylan Brown. was fantastic for me last year. Uh, at 781K, and Paramount do have a, a tricky start to the year, but he uh, he's probably the best base stat accumulator out of all the 5.8s. He knows how to jag some attacking stats uh, just with his, his play. His general play all around is fantastic. Uh, Dylan Brown might be a play uh, after about round five or round six where uh, you might find a certain player or two uh, have maxed out. They aren't quite doing what you'd hoped and um, maybe make a trade uh, for um, for Dillbags uh, around five, round six when Parramatta's draw does open up. Because he is expensive at 781. AJ Brimson at 673. Dual fullback and 5'8. I don't mind this one. Um, 
just for something a bit different, very much in the pod territory. Adam Dewey, very popular, 25% ownership, 624K for Adam Dewey. Uh, kicking the goals, you would think, for the Tigers uh, in a team that looked like they are going to play a attacking footy under Tim Sheens with uh, Benji Marshall uh, adding his two cents worth in the background. Uh, so you'd think Adam Dewey would, would be all over uh, what that's about. Uh, average 59 last year uh, in a stop-start season. Pretty sure he's coming back from a serious injury there. Uh, but I don't mind him. I think he's going to be very, very popular. I think he's a good option uh, to have. I don't think you need to stack your team full of Tigers, but I don't think Dewey is going to hurt you too much at 624K. Cody Walker at 602K. Uh, a bit of a smoky. I'm expecting a, a better season from Cody Walker than what he gave us last year in a gun team with a very tough draw to start. And Cody Walker's one of those blokes where, you know, he's, he could be on 14 after 65 minutes and you're thinking, Cody Walker, you're, you're, you're fist pumping if you don't have him. If you do have him, you're spewing. And then he'll just, he'll drop 50 points in 10 minutes for you. He's just one of those kind of blokes. Very, very creative. I, I think he's going to be a good scorer uh, later in the year, and I think he'll become a more popular player later in the year when South's draw really does free up. Uh, so I'll be steering clear. Matty Burton at 594, very, very popular uh, with the Dogs. 30% ownership. I think you can do a bit better than that, to be fair. Um, but at 30% ownership, yeah, it's he's a no for me. Um, I just need I need to see it first with Matty Burton. Uh, other options, there are plenty. Kalen Ponga all of a sudden becomes a 5'8 option, being given the dual positioning there with 5'8 and fullback. At 530k, he is he's really appealing now that you can get him at 5'8. At fullback, not a chance. At 5'8, ooh, 11% ownership. That soft start for the Knights, even though they're a soft team themselves. Uh, goal kicking or not, I don't think that's a I don't think that really matters. It's not like he's a it's a gun goal kicker. Not having the goal kicking may even increase his points, you know, because he's not you're not having to worry about the minus twos every time he's lining up for a shot. So I'm not too worried about whether he's goal kicking or not. Um, at 5:30, very very juicy, uh, very tempting. I might just have to go there. I think, uh, yeah, just very very juicy. Uh, if we scroll down here, I mean, I don't think you want to go too far down the list because, to be honest with you, I think you need guns. Uh, look, Josh Schuster, do you start with him and just keep him there, uh, wait till he's fit, save the trade? I wouldn't be doing that unless you absolutely had to at 241. When, before the injury, I had him in the second row anyway. I didn't have him at 5A. I'm not actually convinced he's going to go all that well this year, to be honest with you. Uh, I hope he does. Um, but I've just got a feeling he's not actually going to go great guns um, necessarily at Manly. Uh, with a dodgy calf, I'd be staring clear. Uh, Isaiah Katoa, we talked about with the halfbacks, I'd be staying away unless you really don't have any other option but to go with a cheapie. The fact that he's a dual kind of helps uh, when you're trading in and out, guys, and things like that. But yeah, I would just be staring clear of Isaiah Katoa. Have a look. If he's going, if he's going well and surprising us with the Dolphins, then by all means, jump on board uh, before the pre first prize rise. Just can't see it happening. And that is the Harps. We'll be back in a minute. Alrighty, let's have a look at the center wing position. 
Um, one of those positions traditionally where you can find some value. Plenty of cheapies come along, and that is the case this year for sure. Plenty of cheapies to uh, to stack into the position. Um, look, let's have a look at some of the real premium options. Uh, look, Joey Manu, six on legs, my favorite player, 801 grand. Oh, he's got the facial injury again. I just, I can't pay 800 grand for him, uh, unfortunately. I hope he absolutely kills it uh, this year. Uh, Ruben Garrick at 742. I am tempted. I'm very tempted. Uh, if Manly are going to uh, click on all cylinders with uh, Tommy back, um, guys like Cooler look really, really good. Uh, the second rowers look strong. If Manly can click, uh, and I think Garrick's going to be on the end of a lot of tries. He's going to be kicking a lot of conversions. I really like him. As is Valentine Holmes at 32% ownership. People are all over Valentine Holmes. Same reason as Garrick, really. In a good attacking team with a soft draw there, uh, he'll score plenty of tries and he'll kick plenty of conversions. So I like Valentine Holmes at 724. Uh, Alex Johnson at 713. Uh, try scoring freak. Just can't go near him. Just can't go near him, unfortunately. A bit too expensive. Uh, Nick Meaney got the dual fullback, but uh, he's not for me. Uh, a lot of Sharks players, Mulatalo, Talakai, Katoa, I think they're all going to get uh, a decent share of the attacking pie this year at the Sharks. Uh, all very low ownership. So not bad if you jag one of them. Really good pot option. Not for me, all in that 640, uh, 635 and 630k range. Not for me. Um, got a couple of the Panthers guys, Crichton and Tungo. I just want to wait and see. Uh, Crichton, definitely not. Tungo was fantastic last year. His first full year playing in RL, I thought he was brilliant. Um, maybe, I mean, and the, he did have appeal being a jewel, and he was also bottom dollar last year. Uh, no more jewel, no more bottom dollar, that's for sure, at 627. We'll wait and see. Micah Sivo uh, could be a good option, I think, when Parramatta's uh, draw really opens up. Uh, I think Brian Toto is a special, 624, 19% ownership. Um, I think he's the best base stat uh, winger. No scoop there. Uh, in a, still in a good team. Will he be on the left edge now that Taylor May's done his knee? Uh, look, he was just as solid on the right as he was on the left. I don't care where he plays. Uh, in the Probably still the best team in the comp. I think Toto has to be in your side. Uh, that's probably it for the real premium center wingers. And I think you need to have a good balance in your center wing, there's just too many, there's too much upside there. I think you need to have at least two real primo uh, center wings in your side. As far as the cheapies go, we'll have a look at a few mid ranges that might be uh, might be worth having a look at. Uh, maybe a Christian Tuipulotu at the at Manly at four seventy four. Uh, you've got solid guys like Matthew Tomoko at uh, at the Raiders at four seventy two. Maybe Xavier Coates at 466 at the Storm isn't isn't the worst option, nor is Tolotai Kula. Uh, he is center wing and fullback there for Manly at 462. I don't mind that one too much. Um, yeah, if we scroll down, we start looking at some of the cheapies. Um, you've got the likes of Viliami uh, oh, Vilea, cheapie from last year. Probably jagged the starting spot at the Warriors, but uh, that's a no from me. Hayes Perham, there was talk about him playing a fullback for the Dogs and being a cheapy option in your centre wing. Didn't didn't look very convincing in the trial form. I'll be steering clear. Perhaps Sean Russell, if he gets named on a wing at 366. 
I don't mind that one. Uh, Brent Naden was very impressive in the trial against Canberra. He's 345. Uh, you've got to prove it to me, Brent. You've, 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 you've been a pretty shit player uh, probably the last two or three years. So if you've turned the corner, good stuff. And if you have, I might look at bringing you in a little down the track, but not for round one. Isaac Thompson, a uh, very good chance he'll be starting on a wing there at South at 336. He's very popular. Um, also, oh, the Hammer at 330, 28% ownership, center wing and fullback. Uh, this also goes to Chance Nickel Clockstad at 327, center wing and fullback, 28 and 36% ownership, respectively. It's a hard pass for me on both, especially the Hammer. Um, he's an attacking dude playing in a really weak team. I just can't see the attack there for him. He's got no base. Chance Nickel Clockstad, look, really solid player. Uh, he was good at the back against the Storm. I just don't know where the point's going to come from for him. Uh, with uh, with the Warriors, they do have a tough start to the year, and I, I just don't see enough points there and enough upside. I'd rather I'd rather just pay up and get a, a proper premium gun in the centre wing, or go right down and um, and get bottom price cheapies. Uh, same goes for Remus Smith. I just at three sixteen, you would think that's pretty affordable. 11% ownership is just not for me. Tommy Talao at 301. Again, I want to see how the Tigers roll. If they're looking good at 301K, he's pretty affordable and should be pretty easy to get to. Uh, Sunia Taruva, if he gets the starting spot at the Panthers, you would think at 275K. Yes, please. Actually, another guy, Tom Eisenhuth at the Storm. Uh, if, he can, if he can jag a starting spot somehow, and I wouldn't rule it out. He's been at the Storm for a few years now. He's obviously a, um, one of Bellamy's favorites. He's always just been a fringe player, had some uh, real bad luck with injuries. But if he can stay fit, he is dual center wing second round. They're not a lot of those uh, this year. He could be an option because I reckon he's a smoky to get a starting spot at the Storm. Uh, and if he is, you got to get him in your team at 279K. Just the wee one, just to have a wee look at there is Tom Eisenhuth. As we scroll right down, look, there are some very popular cheapies. I think Braden Viliami, if he is starting, I think he is going to get the starting spot at the Warriors. At 234k, dual center wing and second row. As just after saying, there's not many of them around. Here he is. 2% ownership. Uh, a few defensive deficiencies I saw in his game. but and, uh, and again, with the Warriors, I'm not expecting a lot on attack. At 234, he's not going to hurt you, though. He is cheap. But, uh, look, I think the popular cheapies, Paul Alamotti, looks like he will be starting for the Dogs in the centres at 200 grand. Uh, Jack Bostock is 200 grand, I believe. Uh, I don't know if he's a top 30 player at the Dolphins. I just don't see him scoring a lot of tries. I just don't think they've got got the uh, the team to do it. So I'll be steering clear. Khan Pereira at the Dolphins, yes, please. 47, sorry, at the Dolphins, at the Titans, 47%. Uh, everyone is jumping on, and you should. He, he will be starting on that left edge, you would think, and he looks like a real speedster with plenty of ability. William Warbrick is the other one, 26%. He is 200 grand. He looked dynamite for the Storm, uh, and he had a good all-round game, actually. Very strong. Uh, didn't mind um, mixing it up, and I quite like the look at him. I think... Uh, at Warbrick at 26%, Camp Pereira at 47%, and Alamotti at 49%.
very very popular bottom dollar cheapies and i think that's just i think you have to have those guys in your side uh you would think all three of those blokes are gonna start so i i reckon you can get a good mixture of those three cheapies maybe oh, maybe a mid-ranger uh if you wanted to and then and then some guns um that's probably what i'm gonna do in fact i'm thinking about probably going three guns four cheapies in the center wing really trying my luck out there uh we'll be back in a minute Okay, team, last position to have a look at, the all-important fullbacks. Uh, I don't think you need to um, to think too hard about this. You've got to have two guns at fullback. Uh, such a such an attacking position on the field there. Don't think too hard about it. Uh, don't waste your time scrolling scrolling too, too far down the list. I think you need to have two absolute guns. Uh, look, Latrell at 889, he is 16% owned. He does have a tough draw, but we've seen in the past he can score well against anybody. Um, look, Souths do look good, and he'll, he's going to be in amongst all of that. Those sweeping plays there, and he's the one uh, giving that last pass, or he's setting up, you know, he's going to be doing, he's going to have try contributions and try assists all over his stat sheet, kicking plenty of goals as well. Um, oh, man, very, very tempted to get Latrell. Very tempted at 889. For 836, you can pick up uh, James Tedesco. Uh, 43% ownership. They do have the Dolphins and the Warriors first two games. And you're thinking, man, if I don't have him and he goes ton ton, and you're right behind the eight ball from the get go. So I think Tedesco at 43% ownership makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you want to miss out there when uh, he could go bananas? Scott Drinkwater, uh, 746, 7% ownership playing. Uh, for the much-improved Cowboys from last year. People think that they'll continue on. I'm not 100% convinced about that, uh, but they do They do look like a good team. They haven't really had too many changes to their side. They do have a good start to the year. Drinkwater um, gets a lot of those cheap uh, try assists, sweeping around, making it really easy, uh, and just racking up points. Good wee pot option there at 7% ownership is Drinkwater. Uh, Queen Gutho, not for me at 717 grand. Not until the draw opens up. Maybe he's a possibility then. Um, Dylan Edwards at Penrith, we saw towards the end of last year. Uh, what an awesome player he really is. Finally getting some recognition uh, for being, you know, a bit of a meat and potatoes kind of fullback for the last few years. And he really shone towards the end of last season. Can that continue? I don't know if it will, super coach wise. Uh, I just think there's far better attacking options. Than him, and that's where I come to Tommy Trevojevic, 577k. I mean, last year he was like 1.2 million or something. Now he's half that. Um, at 37% ownership, look, the big thing with Tommy always is the fitness. But I, if if he's named and he's fit, you got to have him at 577. You'd be crazy not to have him. Uh, if it goes if it goes well, you're flying. Uh, if not, you're in the same boat as a lot of other super coaches. Uh, I just think at that price, uh, you just you can't you, you can't ignore it, and I think you've got to have Tommy in there. Um, other options, well, there's Ponga, but I think if you're going to have Ponga, I think you have him at five eight because I think there are better fullback options than him. Five uh, percent for Reese Walsh, seven uh, percent for Lockie Miller is interesting. I'd be steering clear of both of those blokes. I really think it comes down to at fullback to uh, to Turbo, 
to Drinky, Teddy, or Latrell while Pappy is out. I think it comes down to one of those four blokes to have in there at fullback. Such an important position. Uh, for myself, I'm probably leaning Teddy and Turbo, just possibly more because I like them more as players than I do um, Drinkwater and Latrell. Uh, a part of me just wants to get Latrell so I've got I can actually cheer for him when he's doing his thing. Um, but I think I probably will go with the consensus, uh, and that is uh, Teddy and uh, and Turbo to start the year off. All right, so that's a bit of uh, positional analysis for us to go through um, what we want to do for the year. The best options, uh, look, um, it's just pie in the sky stuff. We're not going to know for sure until Teamless Tuesday tomorrow, uh, which is going to be super exciting. I will be back. Uh, should have something out on Wednesday going through what the coaches have given us uh, for the first Teamless Tuesday, the, one of the biggest days in the Supercoach calendar. Uh, will they throw some curveballs? I hope they do. Makes it more interesting. Uh, gives us something to really think about leading into round one, which is this week. How exciting. So I will be back on Wednesday to go through that. Preview round one. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, um, I really do appreciate it. Um, be a friend and tell a friend all about it. Uh, any feedback, nrlsctherapy at gmail.com. Um, fire through any questions. Uh, any sledges, anything like that, uh, any feedback's good feedback as far as I am concerned. Thanks very much, team, and we'll catch you later.